0: Yeah.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of N.X.T and i know what you all are gonna say jesus christ booch you're late again it is fucking saturday night at the time i am listening to this and war games is already tomorrow i know i know but as i've mentioned many many times before schedule's been hectic at least i'm getting these out let's look on the bright side at least the booch is getting these out because i know that this is the go home episode of nxt and war games is coming up and believe me i plan on watching War Games. I plan on doing a recap of War Games that is going to come out on Monday, because as of right now, I have no plans as far as work goes. Uh, basically, what happened this week was I did see bits and pieces of NXT on Tuesday, but I was also working with Buff, because he had his uh, recording for his podcast, Rebuilding Buff, to do. I also had some business I was taking care of that day, and by the time I got home, I was not able to watch NXT, because the uh, the site that I watch NXT on, and it's the same site that we use as the special treat for the pay-per-views. It's also where I watch the pay-per-views, um, regularly. What these sites do is they stream everything live. So if I was to click the button after NXT ended, I would be watching whatever came up next on the USA Network. Whether it was a TV show, or a made-for-TV movie, or whatever the fuck. So I would have to wait till the next day to watch the archived NXT anyway. And of course, over the last several days, you know, Buff and I have been busy getting things together, getting things ready. Also, on Wednesday, I went to AEW Dynamite with, um, Desmond and Elvis, and trust me, we'll be doing a recap of that AEW episode and talking about that AEW episode very soon. In some capacity, we will talk about it, whether we do a full recap on the show, or if we just talk about our overall experience. There will be a recap of that AEW coming in some capacity, some way, shape, or form. We'll figure that shit out. But anyway, we also had a big show on Friday and I was gonna do a late night recording when I got back, but we were out so late by the time I got home Friday it was 5 o'clock in the morning Saturday by the time I got home. It was like 5 a.m. So I literally passed out when I got home. I woke up at 2.30 on Saturday and after I got myself situated, you know, took my morning dump, took a shower, all that stuff, and then also had to talk a little bit with the family and go over some family stuff. I also had two other things for work that I had to get ready and send to my boss because I couldn't finish them Friday because I had to be at Buff's house at a certain time because we had to leave to go to this event that we were going to in Decatur, Tennessee. So we had a lot of shit to do. So then once I got all that done, I was finally able to sit here and do this NXT recap. At the time that I'm recording this, it is 7pm on Saturday night, so I'm trying to get this out to you guys as quick as possible so that way you guys will be able to hear this before War games takes place so probably be late Saturday early Sunday by the time you're listening to this but I figured I'd rather get it out now than not get it out at all because it wouldn't make sense for me to talk about NXT war games without talking about the go home episode so with all that said I'm gonna stop rambling right now and we're gonna get this started so here we are with the recap of NXT 2.0 the go home episode before war games and we kick things off with a war games advantage ladder match Kaylee Ray versus Dakota Kai. And here's what I gotta say about this match. As a ladder match itself, I enjoyed it. I thought the women put on an amazing ladder match. Kaylee Ray is a brutal bitch. She is so violent and so talented. I love what she brings to the table. Dakota Kai is also very talented, but I'm going to be honest. I'm not liking her new gimmick. Not a fan. I don't like this deranged, paranoid, I'm talking to myself, there's voices in my head type of thing. We we don't need to go there. We don't need to go there with Dakota Kai. Just let her be a bitch. She should have the similar gimmick to what Kaylee Ray's doing. Just be a mean bitch. That's all you have to fucking do. So, I'm not liking the new Dakota Kai gimmick. That being said, I don't really like the finish of this match, and I'm gonna tell you why. When it comes to the war games, or any match like this, whether it's war games, or the lethal lockdown that TNA used to do, and things of that nature. When you have a match like this, where two people start off, then every so often another team member comes in and all that. When you have this type of match, the advantage should always, always go to the heel team. Whoever the heels are, whoever the bad guys are in the match, they are the ones that should always have the war games advantage. The babyfaces should never have the advantage and the reason for that is because from a storytelling standpoint, the heels having the one man, or in this case, the one woman, advantage allows them to get their heat because they can double team the babyface. They can beat up on the babyface they can do all the dirty tactics and put the babyface in the utmost jeopardy then when the timer goes off and the next babyface comes in it allows the babyfaces to make a comeback and the crowd comes up why because there's someone there to help the babyface who's in jeopardy someone can come in make the save get the comeback going boom 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 then the other babyface who's been getting beat on eventually gets up and then he or she jumps into the fray and now you got a two on two and they can beat the shit. And it's like, holy crap, this is amazing. And you got all this advantage. Then, boom, third heel comes in, cuts them off, and it brings it back. That's why the heels should always have the advantage. Because if you give the advantage to the baby face, it does nothing, nothing. The baby face gains nothing by having a two-on-one advantage on a heel. The only way that works is if the matches are so personal that it warrants it. And with the exception of Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, there's not a whole lot of personal issues in here. I'm sorry. I know people are gonna think, well, what about toxic attraction, no, no, no. All they did was take some titles. That's all it was. Toxic Attraction won the women's tag team titles. The only thing they did was put Zoe Stark on the shelf. But Eo Shirai has made it clear throughout their entire team that she doesn't even like Zoe Stark. So why the fuck does she care if Zoe Stark is on the shelf? You have done nothing for EO Shirai to give a single fuck about Zoe Stark on crutches. Nothing. They have built no alliance, no friendship, no camaraderie of any kind. This is the most poorly put together WarGames team I have ever seen. In fact, I felt that way about both teams for the lo- for, for the last week, but I'm going to get into that a little later. So there's no reason for the babyface to have the advantage in a WarGames-style match. You are now taking away the heel's ability to get their heat. There's no way for them to get their heat because it's a violent match with no disqualification. So there's no rules to break, the heels can't get heat. That's the whole thing. There has to be a dirty tactic that a heel can do to get the heat. And you take that away by allowing the babyfaces to have the advantage. That doesn't help them. So as great as this ladder match was, the finish fucked the whole thing up as I always continue to say the finish is the most important part of the match I don't care how brutal how great how amazing the match is if the finish is garbage it fucks up everything they just did so as much as I want to enjoy this ladder match I can't because now this war games match is tainted now whether or not it's going to be great I don't fucking know I won't know till the show comes on ultimately but right now I'm not liking how this is going to play out as I am currently sitting here recording this. I might have a different opinion when I talk about war games in the next episode, but for now, my expectations are very low. And on that note, we're going to move on to our next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that. We got Cameron Grimes. Versus Andre Chase. And I guess we can call this a match. Because even though the match was quick. uh, It was still a good fight that Andre Chase put up. Before Cameron Grimes ultimately got the win. Which we knew he would. Because he's going into war games this Sunday. In a hair versus hair match against uh Duke Hudson. So it made sense. So uh, what I love is Andre Chase took control with a hair pull. Which I thought was great. Gray heel move. And also a way to kind of pull him down by his hair emphasizing the hair was a good thing in this match because it tells the story because hair is the big stipulation going into war games so to focus on Cameron Grimes hair in this match I thought was very smart on the part of Andre Chase. Also hitting a swinging net breaker for the near fall and that becoming the advantage because when he pulls his head down his head hit the mat hard. So it made sense for Andre Chase to have the advantage. But of course Grimes eventually hits the cave-in for the win. So Chase got a lot of good offense on Cameron before he was able to pull out that extra victory. Next, Duke Hudson appears in the Bird's Nest which is the big area up there where they allow people to cut promos. Hudson congratulates Grimes on his last victory. Then he shows slides of what Grimes will look like after he loses their hair versus hair match at war games. And at first they give him like a haircut that makes him look like a Karen. Then he has one where like half his head is bald. The other half has hair coming down. Uh, then he does like a, a three stooges kind of look. And then eventually at the end, just him completely bald, which is what Andre is ultimately going to do to Cameron Grimes this Sunday if he wins this match. Now, of course, um, Grimes gets mad and tries to cut Chase's hair in a fit of rage. One of Chase's of students makes the save. Grimes grabs a mic and promises to shave Hudson bald. Now, it's been a long time since we've seen a hair versus hair match in wrestling. I'm intrigued to see where this is going to go because the big question is going to be which of these wrestlers is okay with being bald? Because here's the thing in a hair versus hair match, they are legit for a shoot getting their head shaved. So, someone has to feel comfortable with going bald. Now, as someone who's been bald for about a good 10 years it's not a bad look for me but the question is is it gonna be a bad look for somebody else which of these guys is gonna be okay with no hair now my personal opinion Cameron Grimes has built a gimmick around his look I don't know how Cameron Grimes would do with bald hair Duke Hudson on the other hand I think he could be bald and still pull off his gimmick so my personal opinion I would have Cameron Grimes go over and then Duke Hudson would get his his head shaved bald. I think Duke Hudson could pull the look off better than Cameron Grimes in the long run. And then of course after that we see the grizzled young veterans trying to break into uh the Briggs's locker, those redneck guys whose names like Jensen Briggs, I like can't remember the other guy's name. And then of course they're being interrupted by uh Jiro and Kushida, who have and all four of these guys have basically become a comedy act, which I'm not a fan of Jiro and Kushida, and I hate the fact that the Grizzled Young Veterans are doing comedy bits. I think they're better than that, you know? And I'm not one of those people that's completely against comedy and wrestling. To me, comedy and wrestling is fine if it's done right. It's just like doing comedy on stage. If you're funny and the delivery is done the right way, you can get a crowd of people to laugh. But if the delivery's off or it doesn't feel right, nobody's gonna laugh and you just look stupid. So this is my worry right here. The Grizzled Young Veterans are not comedic wrestlers. It doesn't work for them. It feels forced, and it provides no entertainment. And on that note, we cut to an in-ring segment with Team NXT 2.0. And that title right there changed my whole opinion on this feud. I'll get into why in just a moment. Carmelo Hayes says they are the future of NXT. Hayes says he is the A-Champion, and Johnny Gargano is going to find out at War Games. When Hayes shoots, he don't miss. Grayson Walls says they're going to beat Team Hot Dogs and Handshakes. Braun Breaker says they're going to beat the Black and Gold Team and he's coming for the NXT Championship. Tony D'Angelo says their competition paved the road they are walking on right now. But that road is full of potholes and they're going to fill them with the Black and Gold Team's heads. And the fans pick Braun Breaker to represent Team 2.0 tonight in the Advantage Ladder Match. Johnny Gargano is picked for Team Black and Gold. So we now know they're going to face off in the main event in the ladder match Johnny Gargano walks down to the ring and says if it wasn't for guys like him Team 2.0 wouldn't have a ring to stand in Gargano says it starts tonight with the big bad booty nephew Gargano tells Breaker to leave his team in the back tonight and Breaker agrees now when I first saw these teams form on last week's NXT my first thought was this is the dumbest thing I've ever fucking seen it made zero sense to me especially since Pete Dunn for the better part of 2021 had his own faction that would have been perfect for a four-man team in War Games. But then, with the shitty booking of getting Oni Lorkin and Danny Burch kicked out of the group, and then Ridge Holland being called up to fucking SmackDown, and Pete Dunne basically all by himself, they fucked that up. So now we're seeing LA Knight turn babyface, Grayson Waller turns heel, so now it's a double turn, and then you got Braun Breaker turning heel, all just to fill this War Games match and i'm like the fuck are they doing but then i saw this and i realized okay now i get what they're trying to do they want to put the new school against the old school because gargano and champa diy they've been part of the black and gold since its inception they've been major components of the black and gold brand done he's also been part of that and even though la knight is still kind of new to nxt he was part of nxt during the black and gold time it was still the black and gold brand when la knight came in so now with team 2.0 though it makes sense because carmelo hayes braun breaker grayson waller tony d'angelo they've all debuted on 2.0 so it makes sense for all four of these guys to be on 2.0 especially since all four of them have the potential to be future NXT stars and hopefully if they go to the main roster they will be able to kick some ass and take some names like these guys are definitely the future and Grayson Waller I will say works 10 times better as a heel than a face I love the hot dogs and handshakes comment cause it's very very old school uh Braun Breaker Being part of this team is amazing. Carmelo Hayes is incredible. Tony D'Angelo, I love what he said. They paved the way for us, but now those roads are filled with potholes. I love it. It's showing respect to the other team while also saying we're taking over. I love that. I love that from Tony D'Angelo. Fixing that all up and the road full of potholes. Like very much an Italian type of saying. It's great. I love it. My only regret is that if you're going to do a black and gold, there's so many other people that were part of the black and gold that could have made this so much better for a better team like if Samoa Joe was still here he'd be perfect for this for this feud if Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn could have done this it'd be great or Neville if he wasn't Pac and AEW would have been great if Bo Dallas was still on the roster you could have sent him back for this like there's so many other people who have built the black and gold that would have been better picks for the team hell if the Undisputed Era was still here they could have did something about this but either way this is still a good feud and now that I see the story they're trying to tell I'm now more excited for this War Games match than I was before and I'm intrigued to see what happens after the War Games match is over will Braun Breaker continue to be a heel will LA Knight continue to be a baby face will Grayson Waller continue to be a heel like are these temporary turns or are they permanent because I'd love to see what LA Knight can do as a baby face because even as E. Eli Drake. He has been a baby face before, and it's worked. He Is he better as a heel? Absolutely. But he can also work as babyface, and I want to see more of that. Like, I feel like this is something incredible that can really help the show. And on that note, we move on to the next segment here. We have MSK finally makes it to their shaman's house. It took a while since Carter was driving seven miles an hour. Probably because they're fucking stoned. They knocked on the door and a huge puff of smoke comes out. Lee says it's him, but we can't see who it is. I know I say this every week, but I'm gonna say it again. Fuck these two. Seriously. This segment is stupid. This story is dumb as fuck. And now they finally get to the shaman's house and we don't even get to see who the fuck it is? Why are you dragging this out? Nobody wants to fucking see this. Just reveal the shaman and get this stupid shit over with. I don't know if WWE has another round of releases coming, but if they do, please put MSK on the list. Please. These two are not entertaining. They're spot monkeys in the ring. Nothing they do contributes to NXT and makes it better. Please get them off TV. This gets more and more retarded every fucking week. Because everybody knows. That the world is full of stupid people So meet me at the mission at midnight We'll divvy up there Yeah, everybody knows that the world is full of stupid people. Well, I got the pistols, so I got the pesos. Yeah, that seems fair. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening, a number one contenders match, Legato del Fantasma versus Kyle O'Reilly and Vaughn Wagner. <laughs> this match, I'm not going to lie, was very enjoyable. This was good tag team action. I especially love the continuing story of Zion Quinn and Electro Lopez. Zion Quinn walking down to the ring. Electro Lopez's mood changes. And of course, eventually, Quinn and Lopez circle each other. And then eventually, Zion attacks Escobar. Escobar attacks. Quinn fights him off. All that shit. And I love it. Because obviously, they're still talking about the sexual tension between Zion Quinn and Electro Lopez. And even though Zion Quinn... Quinn doesn't have any personal problems with Electra per se, he's not a fan of Legado Del Fantasma. So, I like that continuing story. Now, of course, in the ring, you know, Legado Del Fantasma working over O'Reilly. O'Reilly ties in Von Wagner. He clears the ring. You know, everybody's doing all their stuff. Uh, Legado tries to double team while the referee's back his turn, but Wagner quickly pulls down the top rope. Mendoza hits it. Sending him out of the ring, O'Reilly and Widener hit a high low on Wilde for the win, and the winners of the match are Kyle. Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. Now, here's how I feel about this. Obviously, after this match, Imperium goes through an interview and they're talking about they don't care that they won. They're still going to win, you know, traditional heel shit, championship. But then uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner show up and let them know they're going to be the next NXT Tag Team Champions. Now, here's my issue with this whole thing. I don't like the fact that Kyle O'Reilly's in a tag team. I don't like the fact that he's going for the tag team titles. Why? Because the whole person purpose of Kyle O'Reilly beating Adam Cole Bebe was to build Kyle O'Reilly as a top guy. Adam Cole extended his contract to finish this feud, put over Kyle O'Reilly, and then go to AEW. The whole purpose was to build Kyle O'Reilly, and they're not fucking doing it. They're relegating him back to a fucking tag team. When he even said, I want to be by myself, to the point where he even rejected Bob fish who was his best friend and tag team champion partner so why are we putting kyle o'reilly back in a fucking tag team this is stupid it makes no fucking sense and i'm pretty sure they're gonna win at war games so i don't see the point in him beating adam cole the iron man of nxt if this doesn't lead him to the goddamn nxt championship seriously, Man and Bruce Prichard need to get their heads out of each other's asses and fucking focus and get some goddamn consistency around here and start pushing some of this talent before they ask for their releases and go somewhere else. Because a lot of people in WWE right now and they're not happy. Clearly, something is wrong. There's low morale in the company right now because everyone's afraid they're next on the chopping block and the booking is incredibly shitty. So at this point, you might as well Just sell the company and fucking get it over with because everyone's losing faith in wwe whether they realize it or not and on that note we cut to the next segment here we got joe gacy's all inclusive invitational gacy says Roderick strong's cruiserweight title is problematic gacy says it will no longer be about weight height or gender bias he invited three people to illustrate the future of the cruiserweight championship there's a relatively small competitor, shorter guy. There's a heavyset guy and a woman. Gacy first wrestles the smaller guy and pins him with a powerbomb. Then he helps the guy up and gives him a hug. Next up is the young lady. Before the match starts, Malcolm Bivens and Diamond Mine interrupt. Bivens says Gacy need to put on this spectacle. Bivens says at War Games, Diamond Mine is going to shut him up. Gacy asks to speak to Strong directly. Strong says he's tired of talking. Strong takes a swing at Gacy. Gacy ducks and hits his handspring lariat. Harlan then pulls Gacy out of the ring. Now, I'm going to be honest. I was enjoying this segment. I like the fact that Joe Gacy is trying to provide equal opportunity. I do, and I was all up for him wrestling the lady, but of course, WWE's not going to allow that, because if a guy hits a girl, even though it's in a wrestling ring, fans are still going to get triggered by it, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, if you really want to put the women on an equal platform, you let them wrestle the guys, and let the guys wrestle them like they're one of the boys, let them dish out the pain, and let them take the pain as well. Because if you're a woman and you can hand in there with a guy and take everything they got, that makes you the strongest bitch in the building. But the problem is we still live in a world where women are still viewed as smaller and weaker than men. Why do I say that? Because if we didn't have that mentality guys and girls could wrestle and fight each other and nobody would care. But that's the reason why. It's nothing to do with being a gentleman. It has nothing to do with chivalry. It has everything to do with the fact that the reason I don't let guys and girls fight is because if you're a guy and you hit a girl, it is you are basically hitting someone who is smaller and weaker than you. That's the mentality. Now, do I think women are small and weak? No. I'm saying society does. It's a hard First reality that nobody wants to hear, but I wouldn't be the booch if I didn't keep it real 24-7. So anyway, obviously we're going to have this Cruiserweight title match uh, at War Games, and I'm hearing that they're eventually going to get rid of the Cruiserweight title altogether. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But if that's the case, I think Joe Gacy is going to play a role in getting that Cruiserweight title taken out. Because let's be honest, there's not a lot of cruiserweights left in WWE that are really worthy of holding that title. And to me, it just gets in the way. WWE has too many belts as it is. They do. I'm sorry. There are too many belts in wrestling. It's also why I'm not a really big fan of the, sp- of the brand split anymore. I don't think it's building new stars. I don't think it's helping the product because there's not a lot of top guys left. There's a lot of guys getting title shots who have no business getting title shots. I still am of the belief that right now I say we unify the belts have four titles and that's it. And of course they want to give the women tag team belts to show some type of fucking equality but it's like every other wrestler is walking to the ring with a belt it's not making it special anymore it's not making it unique anymore you're oversaturating the company with fucking belts and it's not helping it's like wrestling's becoming a giant participation trophy where every other wrestler walks to the ring with a fucking title around their waist if everybody has a belt the belt ain't special I've said my piece on that so then we come to the backstage area where Boa interrupts us. Solo Sequoia's promo Boa seems to be begging For assistance or something Not sure what's wrong with him But Sequoia tells him He doesn't understand him You're on your own And we're just kind of Sitting there going What the fuck is he doing This looks stupid Really stupid This is a dumbass Fucking segment But anyway We move on to the next match Of the evening We got Solo Sequoia Versus Idris and Ophi Um Okay Who is Idris And why should I care Uh, That's what I've been trying To figure out This whole fucking match Now I will say and Ophi is good Decent worker Good hand Uh, little too spot monkey-ish for my taste This is very much a You know One of those cruiserweight spot guys that, that does the flips And the competition cheerleading And the synchronized swimming And all that crap So uh, Just from his in-ring work I already know I'm not gonna like him He's another one of those guys That couldn't make it in the circus So now he's a wrestler That's pretty much what I'm seeing here But either way uh, Solo Sequoia Eventually gets the win After a hard-fought battle and this was a hard fought battle To the point where Solo even helped Idris up and shook his hand Um, after the match, Boa attacks Sequoia And Ophi steps in and gets put in the death grip The Tungan death grip And Sequoia chases him off And Boa comes out with like this pain on his face So apparently, all that stuff that he was doing in the back That looked fucking weird It looked like he was doing some type of weird ass fucking mutation Where he's now turning into this badass Japanese wrestler Whose face is painted to look almost like Danhausen. Except Danhausen's way more entertaining And on that note we cut to the parking lot where Quinn runs into Lopez Lopez tells him she wishes he didn't cross Legato Lopez wishes Quinn good luck in his match next week against Escobar and then Escobar leaves okay here's my question obviously this is a program that has been on TV week after week this Sunday tomorrow is War Games why the fuck are we having this match next week Am I the only one that gets pissed off when wrestling companies do stupid shit like this? You have a pay-per-view coming up. Why would you book something like this for next week on free TV? You have a pay-per-view card to fill. The only logical explanation I could possibly come up with is the fact that the War Games matches, because there's two, are gonna be so fucking long that we're not gonna have time for anything else. But again, this is not a random feud. This is something that's been going on for weeks. It's an ongoing story. Why not have a climactic moment at your takeover? I can understand, if this is something that happened like on this Wednesday was when this whole thing started and then next week you wanted to have a match against Escobar. I'd be fine with that. But, I mean, is this going to be the final battle? Is this going to be the end of the story? Are we going to drag this to the next takeover? Because I don't know when the next one's going to be unless they're planning one for Royal Rumble weekend, which I don't think they are because NXT doesn't do that anymore. It used to be they planned their takeovers around the big four of WWE. They don't seem to be doing that anymore. So what's the point? Why not end this at War Games? It doesn't even have to be that long of a match. I mean, I don't want it to be a squash, but it ain't got to be a 20, 30-minute barn burner. Give them 10 minutes. Work a 10-minute match. Standard, 10, 15 minutes. Boom, boom, done. And at the end of it, Electra Lopez can make her choice to stay with Legato Del Fantasma or go off with Zion Quinn. I I don't know what else they can do with this. I mean, are you going to drag this out or are you just going to end it on TV? And if you're going to end it with this match, why end a feud on free TV? That makes no fucking sense. When you have a pay-per-view lined up. I can understand that there was no takeover. And the next one was going to be in fucking January or February. But you have a pay-per-view coming up on Sunday. You should book a big match for the pay-per-view. And save the TV for random TV matches. Or to start up new feuds. You know? Like next week on TV should be uh, Boa versus Sequoia. I would book that for NXT next week. That's where I would put that. And put Quinn and Escobar on WarGames. Build your show. Unless you want this to continue. Which I think it needs to continue because I wanted to see Electra Lopez being conflicted. So on the one hand, she's attracted to Zion Quinn. On the other hand, Legato Del Fantasma wants to kill him. And then Lopez is stuck. What does she do, what does she do, what does she do? Is she gonna stay with Legato? Is she gonna turn babyface and align with Zion Quinn? That's a good story, but they haven't done any of that. So goddamn ridiculous. Nothing, nothing makes sense anymore. I don't know why. Next, we cut to the backstage area with Indy Hartwell, who gets a call from the local medical facility. Her husband, Dexter Loomis, is gone. Prada at, and she's going to have to go at it alone again tonight. Hartwell says she's got it. So now the big question is, where the fuck is Dexter Loomis? Because I don't know if this hand injury is real or kayfabe. Unless they using the hand injury to write him off or something else or whatever. But if this is a kayfabe injury, then obviously they want to bring Dexter back as soon as possible to get some ratings up. But where could he possibly have gone? Because I can tell you right now, I'll give a little foreshadowing. He doesn't show up. NXT. He doesn't show up during Indy's match. He doesn't show up during Gargano's match. So, we don't see him. So, what was the point in even saying that? But then we move on to the next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that. And that's Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada versus Ulisa Leon and Valentina Feroz. And the answer is, hell no, we ain't calling this a match. This was random shit thrown together with Indy getting distracted, almost losing the match. Parada tags in, hits her finish on Feroz for the win. So, Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada finally get the win. Now, here's the million dollar question. Are we going to see a breakup between Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada? Because I feel like it's coming. Because Indy Hartwell's getting distracted. Last time she got distracted, they lost. This time she got distracted, almost lost. But Parada was able to get in and hit her finish for the win and get the win for the team. So is Persia going to get sick and tired of carrying Indy Hartwell and eventually take her out? Because that's where I got the feeling this is going. I wouldn't want to see that because obviously with women's tag team titles, you need strong women's tag teams and I don't want Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell to team up again. I want Indy to do with Persia Persia, and have Candice LeRae be a singles competitor. That's what she deserves to be. So unless you want Indy Hartwell to be, go for the NXT Women's Championship, she needs to be in a tag team for now. And this team is actually very good when stupid shit like this isn't happening. So this was just a waste of fucking time because Dexter don't show up and it's telling the same story that nobody wants to fucking see. And on that note we move on to the main event of Of the evening, the War Games Advantage Ladder Match, Johnny Gargano versus Braun Breaker. This was an awesome fucking match. Gargano and Breaker legit brought the fight to each other. And... Of course, we have the man who is now called the Big Bad Booty Nephew, who is definitely taking pages from his nephew and his father's playbooks with the power slam that, uh, you know, Rick Steiner used to do. It was very much a dogface, retard, I mean, gremlin-esque power slam that he did. And then, of course, the Frankensteiner that we all know, Big Papa Pump. Made famous. So, great moments there in that match. Then, of course, we have them tussling over the ladder. Gargano tosses the ladder in Breaker's face. Gargano lands a dive. I mean, these guys really brought the fight to each other. Really killed each other in this match. It was great. It was amazing. The ladder was used, but it was used properly. There was no spots that were stupid and ridiculous. This is a wrestling match the way a wrestling match is supposed to be done. This is a ladder match the way a ladder match is supposed to be done. And I loved it. Gargano, of course, you know, hitting the DDT. They both climb the ladder eventually. Gargano knocks Breaker off the ladder. Breaker guards Gargano's leg, pulls him off the ladder into the power slam finish, which was brilliant. And then Breaker pulls down the briefcase and gets the win. As well he should. Why? Because he's the heel. This is the point I'm trying to make. The heel should always win the advantage match. Always. The match should be great. It should be hard fought. It should create doubt. But when all is said and done, whoever the heel is in the advantage match should always win because the heels have to have the one man advantage to get their heat so I can already tell from a psychology standpoint the men's match is going to be better than the women's match now from a physical wrestling standpoint that remains to be seen although so far the men's war games matches have far preceded the women's war games matches I don't know how many women's war games matches there's been, but I know at least one was decent and one fucking sucked. So there hasn't been a lot of bad men's war games matches. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I definitely know the Women's War Games match last year was fucking garbage. Hopefully this year, it will be better. But ultimately, this is already shaping up to be a great match. Gargano and Breaker tore the fucking house down. Braun Breaker is definitely a future star. I can feel it. Uh, He's definitely building a name for himself, which I found out through a reliable source. I won't give that source away. But the reason Braun Breaker has the name that he's got is is because they are trying even though in storyline they're bringing it up a lot they are trying to keep him distanced from the steiner name because they want him to build his own legacy now, if and when Braun Breaker ever gets called to the main roster, there is a chance he will he might get the Steiner name eventually. Now, whether or not this could lead to the Steiners making amends with WWE and maybe coming back to help Braun Breaker, or if this could lead to a Steiner Brothers Hall of Fame induction, I don't know. I know Scott Steiner has been very outspoken with WWE as well as the Hall of Fame. Uh, Rick Steiner, don't know too much about what he, he's had to say. But despite the fact that I don't like him personally, I can't deny that if he was to go into the Hall of Fame with his brother, I, I couldn't say anything bad about that. The Steiner brothers as a team. Deserve the Hall of Fame. Scott Steiner by himself. Deserves the Hall of Fame. Rick Steiner by himself. Fuck no. His singles career was not good enough. For a Hall of Fame induction. I am not just saying that. Because I think he's a prick. I'm saying that because it's the truth. But either way, uh, great showing by both these guys. I'm looking forward to the War Games match coming up this Sunday, or I should say tomorrow because it is almost 8 o'clock p.m. at the time that I'm recording this on Saturday. So, hopefully you guys will listen to this in time. And I thank you guys for checking out this recap of NXT. This is the Go Home Before War Games. Thanks so much for checking this out. And uh, make sure you guys follow the Bootcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or become a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites also like us on Facebook go to facebook.com slash theboochcast we have archived episodes of the show as well as great content recently our new episode of Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring came out our In the Shadow of Grizzly Smith episode so you can go to the Facebook page and check it out there it's recently been posted also you guys can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast Get the latest tweets photos and videos also subscribe to the YouTube channels I mentioned before we have Boochcast reviews Dark Side of the Ring episodes are already up there you can also check out archived episodes of our watch parties our D&D one shot funny skits holiday videos everything we got check them out right there on the Boochcast YouTube channel hit the subscribe button and ring the bell to be notified when new content will be available also make sure you guys follow us on Twitch go to twitch.tv Slash the bootchcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next live watch party will be Saturday, January the 29th. For WWE Royal Rumble. That's right. We're getting together at 8 p.m. live for the Royal Rumble. Make sure you guys are following us now on Twitch to be notified on when we go live for the watch party. Join us for the Royal Rumble. And of course, we'll have a little bootleg link for you guys to check out the show. That'll be available on our Twitter page. So join us Saturday, January 29th for the Royal Rumble. Also, we're going to be doing our live D&D show coming in 2022. That's all the fuck I'm going to say for now. I know we said we'd have it this year, but a lot of shit got in the way. But we are planning on having it available to you guys in the year 2022. That is a goal. That is our mission. So, please stay posted as we are going to be figuring this out as a team, as a Boochcast family. We got a lot to figure out, but we will be bringing that that D&D show to you. And, of course, be on the lookout for the new gaming streaming that we're going to be doing. Uh, Of course, Elvis Delinsky will be in charge of that. I'm going to be, he wants to do a little gaming with you guys on there, a little chats uh, here and there. So once I give Elvis the information, he will be able to do that live on Twitch and chat with you guys and have a blast. So be on the lookout for gaming coming soon and other Twitch content that will be available in the near future. And, of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support become a supporter of the show you can support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes we have three different levels you can contribute at with prizes coming soon the first level you contribute at is for a mere 99 cents per month that's right that's all you got to do just donate 99 cents Per month and you can help Contribute to the Booch cast and help Us grow the show like we said every Little bit helps 99 cents That's all you got to contribute please Send that our way you will not be hurting Our feelings by only giving us 99 cents Per month also we have the second level Here which is 4.99 Per month that's right same amount of Money you would pay for a peacock subscription I know a lot of you guys aren't there out there Aren't fans of the peacock Uh, We're not either so uh, take that 4.99 bring it over here we do better than Peacock anyway. Then we got the third and final level you can donate, which is for a mere $9.99. That's right. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Eventually, once it was sold to the Peacock, we lost that right. Now you guys have nowhere to put that $9.99 if you live in the United States. Obviously, if you're outside the country, you still have the network. But a lot of us here in the States, we don't have anywhere to put that money. So take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network anyway. And you can pay with a. A credit card or with GPay also If you give consent to get access to your paid network subscription, you will get it immediately. And you also agree that if you don't cancel before the end of the subscription period, you will automatically be charged a subscription fee every month until you cancel. You will not be entitled to a refund on your cancellation. Full terms and instructions on how to cancel are available on Anchor as part of their privacy policy. For more information on how we process your personal data, please see Anchor's privacy policy. You'll be able to click on a link that will take you to the policy and tell you everything you need to know before you make the decision to donate to this show. I should also let you know that if you do decide to donate to the show at any level you want, here's what you're going to be doing. You'll be helping the BoochCast grow because all the money we make from Anchor goes into this podcast. It allows us to upgrade our equipment. It allows us to bring in bigger name guests. It allows us to pay our bills and also allows me to take care of all the guys who work very hard on and off the air to make the boochcast successful so if you have a favorite co-host and you feel like they deserve to be paid for their work anchor.fm slash the boochcast slash support is how you make that happen and of course if there's any money left over after we've taken care of all that we use it to feed Zach ramen noodles and help him get laid and until next time this is Vinny Bucci aka the booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby well i see by the clock on a wall that it's
0: time to bid you one and all goodbye goodbye so long so long farewell farewell adieu and you be good stay well bye bye keep warm relax and eat take care stay loose adieu vieux. a la prochaine. goodbye, goodbye. till when we meet again